Hello and welcome to Who Is She, a podcast sharing the voice I wish I had in my 20s and navigating how to thrive in your 30s. I'm your host, Danielle, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a safe space to talk through all the in-between moments, consider different perspectives, and ultimately go for the life we want to live. Get comfortable and let's get started. Hi, guys. I am so excited for episode two. Um, I shared on my Instagram story with you guys that I... This just makes me so happy. It just feels like something I really enjoy doing and feels really natural, like a natural progression from, you know, what I've been doing for like TikTok and then sort of leaning into on Instagram. But I'm really happy and I'm excited. And today we're going to be talking a topic that I wish that there was a podcast on when I was in my early 20s. The topic is why you're not getting hit on and what to do about it. Um, so just a little outline. I'm going to give you my backstory, my experience with this. We're going to go into some disclaimers and then I have five reasons that I've come up with <laughs> from my expert opinion, just from my own experience of why you might not be getting hit on and for each reason talking about like how to change that a little bit. So my backstory, I've always considered myself some version of quote unquote attractive. Um, and so like this concept of never getting hit on, I saw a video from someone I follow on Instagram and it was like, basically talking about why like attractive girls never get hit on and I don't know if I thought it was like totally right but now I I think there's more ownership in 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 this problem I think that we have a lot more control over it than we think we do so basically the video was like you have super high standards you're really attractive it's so it's um it's intimidating for people to approach you. And while some of that might be true, some of it is complete um, garbage. So anyway, I always considered myself some version of attractive. Um, but literally up until I was like 28 or 29, I never got hit on. Never. Never. I mean, there was always the... Um, terrible experience of like getting hit on by super drunk guys at the bar in my early 20s but that doesn't count they will hit on anything that moves so we're talking about like real experiences and I know we all in our mind dream about the grocery store experience where you're getting your groceries and you know kind of like in um what's that movie um, he's just not that into you where, um, what's her face? Scarjo, Scarlett Johansson gets hit on by whatever his name is. Um, he ends up being a terrible person, but this is the movie. Um, anyway, so this is like, we all want to get hit on in, <laughs> or like if you're single, obviously in, um, normal everyday experiences. Um, but for myself, I made excuses, sort of like what I explained about the video that I had watched, um, that were actually true, but 
I was making everything that I had going for me work against me. So um, I'm going to explain what this means when we get into the reasons. But for example, just a a small example of this. If you're uh, really, I'm tall. Okay. Uh, This is a good example. I'm tall. And so like when I'm 5'8", so when I wear heels, I'm six foot. So when I go out, I'm like usually somewhere between like 5'11 and 6'2". And I always heard, oh, well, you're super tall. So it's, you know, people are really intimidated by that. And when I did the things that I am going to explain through these reasons, it was like a light switch that like changed in the way that people, not just men, but people um, interacted with me. So for example, of everything I had have going for me, I'm tall, but I was making that work against me because I was using it as an excuse for like, why people would never approach me or whatever it is when in reality all of the things that you have even if you think they might be quote-unquote intimidating you can make work for you so let's get into it before we go into the reasons disclaimers there is nothing wrong with you I just want to like point that out this is meant to be just personal experience like big sis content where I'm just explaining to you what I've learned over my 20s, now being 30, that I wish I knew earlier. Um, You are beautiful and perfect just the way you are, but like everything else, there's always room to grow. And I'm assuming you're listening to this or interested in this. I'm guessing you might feel some truth to this. So bottom line is take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. These are just my opinions and what I've learned from my own experience. Take it or leave it. I don't care. I'm not trying to say you need to change anything about yourself. I'm just saying that there might be some adjustments that would be beneficial if you're experiencing any of these things or if anything that I say resonates with you. Okay, let's get into it. Oh, wait, sorry. Ugh, I hate when podcast people do this but one more thing this is not just for attracting a romantic partner or people to date or whatever this can also be for making friends or literally any other type of connection so if you're in the spot where maybe you have a boyfriend and you're obviously not interested in getting hit on but you don't have enough girlfriends and you're having trouble making friends all of these things apply forward it's more of like um the concept of attraction in general, just to people and magnetism. So here we go. Reason number one for not getting hit on. Your body language is completely different than what you think it is. Okay, so think about how much you actually make eye contact with people. When was the last time you looked at someone in the eyeballs, in the eyeballs, for more than three seconds? Chances are It was probably someone you were actually having a conversation with that you already know, but, and I'm not saying like stare at someone, but there is so much power in eye contact. And this is one of the big things that I never did that I started to do that made all the difference. Um, So body language, eye contact is number one. Second thing is your speed. How quickly are you moving from point A to point B? For example, you're walking in the gym. Are you just like heads down, darting from one thing to the other, running into the gym, not looking at anyone and moving really quickly? Is there any opportunity in that for someone to approach you? Probably not. And 
the gym might be a bad example or it might not because you might just want to work out. But again, this is for the purpose of if you're wanting to get hit on or make more friends or whatever. So is there opportunity? Is the speed at which you're moving allowing any space for someone to enter? So just think about that. Okay. The next evolution of this is when you make eye contact, what do you do next? Do you just like avert your eyes? Do you smile? Do you turn around and run away? What do you do? Um, Because if you lock eyes with someone, that's like an opportunity to send a signal, smile, or have some sort of, you know, expression that says, hi, I acknowledge you. Um, A good thing for this one, good practice for this, is just um, not in the sense of trying to get hit on, but just literally practice, is when you're going about your day, you're walking into work, you're going to the grocery store, you're going to the gym, whatever, just smile at people and see they will see how long it takes for them to smile back because people aren't used to this and it's so powerful. I was on a walk with um, Charlie earlier today and there's a guy sitting in his truck. This sounds like weird, but it, it was a normal, I felt like it was a normal interaction. Anyway, he's sitting in his truck. It was like this older guy and he looked like kind of like he was having a day and um And I just thought, like, I don't know what this dude is going through, but I'm walking past his experience right now, and I can either ignore him or I can acknowledge his presence, and maybe that'll make his day better. So I just, like, smiled at him as I walked by, and it wasn't anything other than I just wanted to, like, make another human feel good, because you never know what someone's going through. And I could tell it... And it was just like a normal, I don't know how to explain this, but like, um, I could tell that he felt seen and that was like in a good way. And then I just kept going on my day. And, um, I mean, beyond that, when you're practicing that, like maybe someone's like really going through it and you never know how you can impact someone else's day, but it's really great practice for this purpose. Um, So just practice that and be aware of, you know, what your body language is. And then there's the obvious things. So like when you're walking, do you have your arms crossed? Are you on your phone? When you're seated at a restaurant, what are you doing? Are you like, are you sitting down at the restaurant and your eyes are just like locked in on your phone and just realize how much space you're making or limiting for a certain experience to happen? I am one of those people that actually... I don't love doing things by myself, but I do them a lot and I'm very capable of it. I have some friends that are like, I would never go to the movies by myself or I'd never go to lunch by myself. And I do that stuff all the time. And if you do that stuff, um, it's easy to like invert inward because we're alone, but it's the perfect opportunity to, you know, meet someone new or whatever it is. I've met a lot of my girlfriends when I've been alone using these tactics and just introducing myself and being present um, with my body language. So that's number one. Your body language is completely different than what you think it is. That's a lot just in itself right there. Okay, reason number two for not getting hit on. 
your presentation of yourself. Okay. Before anyone loses their mind over this, this is not meant to be you need to fit a certain beauty stereotype to get hit on. That's not the purpose of this. It is physical, though. And I used to be the most guilty of this of all time. So, for example, if you look at yourself when you go out and do any normal daily task, would you approach you with the way that you're presenting? Speaking the truth here, we all know physical attraction is a real thing, but the more important part of your physical presentation is how it makes you feel. And this is why you feel completely different when you've gotten yourself ready before going out. Let's say you're going out with friends, going to dinner, whatever, and you've got your cute outfit on, you've done, you've gotten yourself all ready, hair and makeup, whatever makes you feel good. You feel one way when you do that, and then you feel another way when you just roll out of bed. So the difference in those feelings is what I'm talking about here. So when you feel confident in the way that you're presenting, it completely shifts the energy around you. You're naturally more magnetic to everything and everyone around you. And this doesn't mean you need to go out all every day, every, you know, time you go do something. What I am saying is figuring out what works for you in terms of feeling your best. For me, what that looks like is making sure that my hair isn't just like bedhead. I've done, put some effort. I do like to put makeup on first thing in the morning because it makes me feel put together. It has nothing to do with like how pretty I am or am not when I'm presenting. It's like it makes me feel good. And then I choose an outfit that makes me feel good. So um, you can be attractive in sweats. But make sure it's done where you feel good rather than just feeling like, oh, I was lazy today. Oops, the mic just like hit the wire. Okay. The next part of this is how you're energetically presenting yourself. So like physically presenting yourself and energetically presenting yourself. Are you wearing your emotions all over your face? I am, again... I used to be. I think still am. I still struggle with this. Like if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I can like kick it, but sometimes you'll be able to tell. And maybe in those moments you don't want to get hit on anyway, and that's fine. But um, it does lend itself to the issue where, you know, if someone can tell you're like just not having it, that's a pretty scary thing to approach. Maybe you're stressed from work and you have no idea, but you're really expressing it on your face. So good practice. Take some deep breaths and try to leave whatever it is and what you're dealing with in that moment and literally smile. It's kind of like that study where when you smile enough, your brain starts to believe you're happy. And again, this is not to downplay anything you're going through or feeling. It's specifically for the purpose of getting approached and unpacking why this may or may not be happening. So if you have RBF like I do, just something to think about. Okay, reason number three for not getting hit on. You're not dropping the handkerchief. 
I saw a video of Matthew Hussey, I think his name is. I, I might be saying that wrong. But the synopsis of this is in the olden days. I think this is like the 1800s we're talking. Back in the day, the way that a woman got hit on was by dropping a handkerchief. And if a man was interested, he would come over and pick it up and say, I think you dropped this. And it would open the conversation. And we've entered this era where, you know, we all want a man's man who drives this conversation and is just making all the moves and stuff. And then we say, if he's not doing that, then he obviously isn't interested or he's not enough, uh, he's not masculine enough or whatever. And that's just not true. Um, I want you to think back to the last time you wish you were hit on, but you weren't hit on. And think about was there any opportunity for that person to approach you? And I'm not talking about like, yeah, they could have just walked over and said something. I'm talking about signals from you to that person that dropped the handkerchief. Um, and if you were the other person, would you have felt comfortable enough to do that? Because the problem is we're expecting the guy to do 100% of the work and calling it old-fashioned. And that's just not the case. So, okay, let's think about the gym. I, I don't know why the gym. I think it's because I'm there a lot. But think about the gym, um, which you may or may not want to get hit on in the gym. But this is just our example for today. Let's say you have a crush at someone on someone at the gym and you see them there all the time, but they've never talked to you. You don't know their name. You've never interacted. And you're like, why is this guy not talking to me? I want you to think about it from his perspective. Have you ever smiled at this man? Have you ever made like prolonged eye contact? Have you ever like waved at him? Like if you've seen him multiple times, like whatever, you know, wave at him. Um, Because if you haven't dropped the handkerchief, what we're expecting in that situation is that this dude stops what he's doing, walks across the gym, interrupts your workout and somehow out of thin air creates conversation with no indication from you that's not really I I guess it's not about fairness but that's not really feasible like that puts that other person in the position where they think they might be interrupting your workout and being rude or being one of those guys who you know is totally unaware and hits on a girl at the gym. But if you gave some sort of indication, smiling, waving, (laughs) prolonged eye contact, some of you are probably listening to this and like, what is this girl talking about waving? I wish I could show you. Um, But yeah, so we've got it all wrong. We actually have all the power here because... If you don't want to get hit on, you just don't have any sort of, like, handkerchief moment and you just keep to yourself and whatever. But if you do, there are some very easy ways to drop the handkerchief. So number one would be slow down. So if you're running from point A to point B, that you're giving that other person no time or opportunity to come over or approach you. 
Um, the second iteration of this would be prolonged eye contact. Like I said, some of these are going to overlap, but this is just examples of dropping the handkerchief. Um, a little wave, like, <laughs> never hurt anyone. I, if you think about the last time someone waved at you, think about the emotion that you felt. It's probably like happy and like, oh, that person sees me. Um, another one is middle ground. So like, again, the gym is my example. Let's say you're working out and you see your gym person and they're across the gym from you. Maybe you go to the water fountain and you take off your headphones and you just take your time getting your water. You've made some movement, so you're not walking up to them. You're not being, you're not the one that's like, I'm not telling you, you have to do all the work here, but you've, you've made some middle ground where there's perfect opportunity for that person to speak to you. And then literally saying hi. Like, if you have the courage and the confidence to do this, like, literally you can just go up to someone and say, hi, my name is blah, blah. And I thought I should introduce myself. It's really easy. Um, and there's no rocket science to this. It's just that you're interacting. And it can be as little as that. Um, just introducing yourself and then saying, okay, have a great day or like whatever. And then from the point that you drop the handkerchief, that's when the man starts to drive. So again, I'm not saying, I'm not an advocate for you um, unless you want to being the one that is driving this conversation and is driving the planning of the date or whatever. I'm just saying that you gotta give opportunity and drop the handkerchief. Okay, reason number four for not getting hit on, the rat-a-tat needs some help. So when I was thinking of how to phrase this, I thought of The Office where, and I apologize if you're not a fan of The Office or don't know this, but Michael Scott um, which is Steve Carell's character, is trying to teach Will Ferrell's character, who's taking over for him, how to host the Dundies, which is an award show that Michael Scott put together. And he's saying that there's rat, but there's no tat. So, like, needs to be rat-a-tat, some, like, back and forth, essentially. And this is also something that I realized I was terrible at because I was so locked in the mindset that I didn't need to do anything. I was so bought into this belief that a really masculine man, man would be the one who crosses the threshold, walks over to me, interrupts what I'm doing, and is so into me from just seeing me that I don't need to do anything. And that's just not the case. So um, this lends itself forward to any conversation that you're having. So. In the conversation, once the handkerchief is dropped and you do your face-to-face with this person, or even if you're, like, interacting on text or whatever, you should be asking some questions and offering value to the conversation, too. Still let them drive, but you're just not just giving responses, because that's like talking to a wall. Like, imagine, like, someone was like, what do you like to do? And you're like, oh, I like to work out. And then silence. And then that makes them be like, 
okay, uh, yeah, I like to work out too. What do you, you know, what are your favorite workouts? Oh, I lift weights. It just, it's highly unengaging. And yes, it makes them (laughs) work a lot harder, but it's kind of like talking to a wall like that. You have more to offer than that. And, um, it is something that conversationally can improve getting from point A to point B if you're looking to get asked out. It's being able to lend value to the conversation and ask questions too. Doesn't mean you're driving, but it does mean that you're, you know, sending a couple back, you know, here and there. And this is especially important in any kind of texting exchange. I realized, like, I want to say last year that my friends are way better at this than I am (laughs) because I don't, I think it takes the right person for me, but, um, yeah, I, you know, you know, when you talk to your girlfriends about like, oh, I'm texting this person and like, this is how it's going or whatever. Like, I realize that they put forward a lot more than I would have done and it always provided better results than what I would have done. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. I feel like I'm like, this might not be making any sense, but I hope it does. Um, last reason, reason number five for not getting hit on, you never stray from your routine. Another thing that I was really not great at. So, for context, I live in San Jose my whole life. I grew up on the west side. I went down, uh, I went to downtown, I went to college in downtown San Jose, and then now, and for the last, like, seven years, gosh, it's been a while, I've lived on south side San Jose, but for the last few years, like, I have pretty much the same routine, and before I switched gyms, My gym was, like, less than a mile away from my house, and my grocery store is, like, two blocks away. So I was, you know, chilling in a five-mile radius and not really expanding any kind of horizon for myself. And this is confusing because routines are so popular right now. The morning routine, like, stick to your routine and you're going to be happier. But hear me out. For the purpose of meeting new people, meeting new friends, wanting to get hit on, wanting to get asked out, whatever. If you find yourself in the same places day after day, week after week, chances are you've been around all the same people. And besides not getting you in front of new faces, it also affects your energy output. You're naturally more comfortable, more relaxed, and you exude less effort than when you go Uh, Or when you go to all the same places, you exude less effort. So you think about it. Let's say you're driving on a new road. You've never been on this road before. Um, This always happens, obviously. When I fly somewhere, like I visited my friend Megan in Arizona, and I had um, never been to that part of Arizona. I got a rental car, so I had to, you know, I couldn't go on autopilot. I didn't know anything of the area, so it was always super alert, super focused, because I want to make sure that I don't miss my turn to get to my hotel, whatever the case may be. But 
when you're in a new environment, you're paying attention way more than when you're in the same environment because you don't know your surroundings. When you're driving down a street that you've never been on, you're more alert because you've never been on that street. Same thing here. So, putting yourself in new situations is going to be a big part of, of this. And there's also obviously the component of putting yourself in situations that provide more opportunity. So, for example, if you always say no to going out with friends and you always stay home, you're never giving yourself opportunity to be in front of someone new. And that doesn't mean that you have to go out to the bars. That's not what I'm saying. You don't need to be raging or clubbing or whatever if that's not your thing. If it is, power to you, whatever. But maybe try a new class or say yes when a friend asks you to coffee or when a friend asks you to dinner. Go on a walk with your dog at a new park. Just do something different. Because when you do different, you're going to be exuding different energy. You're going to be putting yourself in opportunities way to, you know, be in front of different people. And you leave space for more opportunity than if you're just doing the same stuff day after day, week after week. Okay, those are my reasons for not getting hit on and also what you can do about it. And again, like I said, it's not just for not getting hit on. You can expand this forward and do all the same things if you're looking to make more friends um, or any, you know, any type of interaction with other people, really. Um, So I hope you liked it. And I'll talk to you later. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with your friends. Even if you want to like screenshot this and tag me on Instagram and I'll repost you on my story, I would so appreciate it. Word of mouth from your friends is the most powerful way to share something of value. So if you could do that for me, love you forever. Okay. Love you. Bye.